Hello, my divorce and beyond family. It's Susan, and I am here for a special little mini sode for you all because I've been getting a lot of outreach from listeners about the school shooting that happened last week in Oxford, Michigan. I have posted a few things about that on my Instagram, and that's really gotten a lot of DMs flowing into uh, my Instagram, my email, etc. And I know this is a traumatic time for many, many families out there. And when I did a little research on this, um, I just found out, you know, that particular shooting was the 222nd school shooting in just the 2021 year. So as sad as it is to say this, that is not an unusual event for us and more importantly for our children. And what many of you are saying is you really are looking for some help on how to help your kids and talk to your kids when it comes to these, these traumatic and horrific events really. So Lo and behold, I have a new friend who is the absolute person, perfect person to talk with us about this topic. And I reached out to her, actually had dinner at her house the other day, which was lovely, but we'll talk about that another time. Um, but Jenny Stevens is a um, licensed clinical professional counselor, and she spent 20 years working with adolescents and families as a school counselor here in Chicago. So obviously someone who has a background to know how to help us let to her credit, I reached out to her and she immediately said, absolutely, Susan, whatever I can do to help. So Jenny, first, let me just say thank you. I know how busy your days are and we had to squeeze this taping in. I so appreciate your coming on to help my listeners with this topic. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Yeah, well, and I know this is, you mentioned when I told you um, that I wanted to do this episode, you mentioned that you've been getting a lot of outreach from parents as well. So, so what are you hearing from parents? So, I mean, I think it's just important to acknowledge that it's such an emotional topic and it's every, it's, it's everyone's night, worst nightmare, let alone a parent's worst nightmare to even hurt, to turn the news on or to read something on our cell phones about yet another school shooting. So sadly, it's something that we have to, that we can't avoid, but it's really important to um, have the vernacular and language to talk to our kids and what questions would be more appropriate and some things we can do. Yeah. And, and that's why I'm so glad we are going to talk about this today. This is intended to be a, an overview with some quick tips for you all. Um, we will have Jenny's information. She um, is a therapist. She does work with families um, and people going through change and trauma. You can reach out to her at createchangeconsultants.com and we'll have more information at the end. But I wanted to start out with, because this is most of my listeners know this if they've been following me, my niece and nephew who are very near and dear to me are both in, uh, one is just out of college and one is in his college career, my nephew right now. Uh, but they went to Oxford High School. They attended that school. I've gone to meetings and events there with them. I've dropped them off at that school. I know the Oxford community extremely well. It's where my family has lived. That family, you know, my, my people, have yeah. lived for years. And I know how traumatic this has been for them. My adult, so to speak, uh, niece and nephew, this is traumatic. 
And I find it hard to know the right things to say even to them. But what I'm hearing from people left and right, whether it be about Oxford, Sandy Hook, Parkland, Columbine, I mean, the list goes on and on, sadly. Um, this is going to happen again. I mean, I just said there's been 222 school shootings in 2021. I God, I hope that's not a number that goes up before the end, but we have all of December and it might. And so, you know, what are some, from, from your perspective as a therapist, as somebody who helps families and children and has worked in our schools for so long, um, what are some of the top things you want parents to know when they talk to their kids? Uh, um, that's just, it's like, it's so staggering. It's to more than two thirds of the year. It's just, um, just taking a moment to, that's just an incredible statistic. Um, the uh, two other things that are like a great landscape for kids of any age. And the first is, is to stay calm. Um, as scary as it is for us to hear that it's okay to show vulnerability and say, I'm really upset about this, or I'm, um, um, really sad to hear what's going on, but to stay calm and to, let our kids know that they're safe with us. And then the other really important thing, Susan, is to limit the news in our home. So if the CNN or TV is on at all times, those violent pictures of guns and noises and kids screaming, those things are um, triggers and can be repeated trauma. So I encourage families and kids all the time just to really limit the amount of news that's on in the house. That's such a good point because I have to tell you, I'm one of those people that, and, and especially last week when the, the shooting happened in Oxford, I had the television on, you know, the news channels because I wanted to know what was happening. And I was so upset by what was happening and hearing the additional details um, and, and, you know, seeing in the background, the school that I knew so well in the pictures um, but for parents, that's a great point. Now, you know, my dogs didn't know what was going on on the television. I was just going to say your dogs would <laughs> limit your dogs, Susan. Yeah. But, but yeah. you have little kids or, or older kids in the house, that's an ongoing trauma every time they hear about it and hear the description of what happened and see other kids being interviewed on the screen, talking about the trauma that they've just gone through. And Susan, what I want to um, add to that is it's okay to have the news on for a little bit of time. And again, I would say not for kids under the age of eight, um, for sure, kid, not for the kids under six at all, maybe a little bit if a seven or eight or nine-year-old watches it, but over the age of nine or 10, it's okay to have a little bit of news on, but then turn it off. It's also, you, we have to remember that there are teens for sure, and sometime the preteens have access to um, YouTube, Snapchat, um, TikTok. Thank you, as Susan waves her phone in the air at all times. So these things are happening real time in real life to these kids and their peers are watching it. So we can't um, manage what they're seeing on their phones 24 seven, but in our home, we're allowed to set some of those boundaries. So even if it's a 15 or 16 year old and it's somebody in Oxford or in a community really close to Michigan or any of us in the country that are feeling another school shooting tragedy, it's important to have breaks from news and even as adults not to watch it over and over and over again because it's hard to get those images um, out of our minds. And that's why the news source to say this can be triggering and you know this is a warning. 
um, our brains are not equipped to see traumatic pictures over and over and over again. Yeah, that's a, a really good point and something that I, as a very old adult, know only too well myself, right? Watching that over and over again. And you just referenced something you were talking about children at certain ages. And you and I had talked about this before we even got started, that some of the things that parents need to take into consideration is some of the conversation or things they might say with their kids need to be age appropriate. Um, so what you might say to an eight and under could be very different than what you might say to your tween or teen um, or preteen. Is that right? Yes. yes. Um, so for example, kids under eight, um, I would ask really open-ended questions and I would say something about um, what do you hear today or what do you think is going on and let them answer it. I don't want us as adults or parents to fill in the blanks necessarily, and especially not like in granular detail. And if they say, yeah, I heard something about a school shooting, you can say, yeah, you know, somebody hurt people. And um, the police and the authorities are really um, trying to figure out what happened. And then I would say, don't over talk. So um, I know I can over explain things. And my two daughters are like, okay, mom, stop. So we have to be careful not to like repeat and over explain things. So I would say those two things, the open-ended questions, and then reassuring that your kids are like, that, that they are safe and that they're, that the authorities are working on the problem. Yeah. So I like those two points right there that you just made. The authorities, like the police, the, the people in charge are working on this. And I think the way you phrased it, which I, I thought was great, was to find out what happened. And, you know, yeah. And then to tell, should you just tell them, but don't worry, you're safe, you're okay. Yes. And I mean, you and I know intellectually that we can't predict that with any certainty, but it is important. I mean, our kids, especially kids um, under the age of eight or nine, they, we are the nucleus and the nuclear center of their life. And so without a shadow of a doubt, even if I don't feel safe, Susan, I'm going to say to my kids, you are absolutely safe and you come to me if you're feeling something, we are here and it, everything is safe at our house. And so when they leave my house and you know the, 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 the really disappointing part about school shootings is that schools should be the safe haven for so many kids and it really is for many kids around the world and for them, for their safety to feel shattered is, is, is quite frightening. So even more um, of a, makes it more of a priority to assure the kids that are our children that they are okay here at home. Yeah. I, I, my heart is breaking a little bit just thinking about that, that our kids should be in school and know that it is a safe place. And yet it is not, unfortunately, it is not a safe place always for them. Um, but what about, so our, our older kids, our yeah. teens, our tweens, first of all, it's all over TikTok. It's all over everything. They're seeing it. They're being inundated with it. In fact, this last, um, you know, Oxford incident mm -hmm the Instagram posts of the alleged shooter and his mother and everything. That's all a part of the story. What do you talk about with your older kids? How do you even make this? I, 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 I don't even know how to talk about it with my older kids. 
Yeah, um, I mean, it's a good question, and it, there is a distinction distinction um, between you know between kids under eight and and the preteens and the teens, and and I think the there's two or three things I would encourage you to think about, and it would be first to ask them what they know. I mean, I in the 20 years of school counseling, I would have kids that would come into my office and be like, "Wait, what happened?" And you know, no shame around that because depending on whether what they're doing or what they have going on, some kids might know a lot about what happened and other kids might not know much about what happened. So I would find out what they know. And I would say something like, Hey, you know, what do you hear today? Like, you know, what happened at school or what'd you learn? And then I would talk about some of uh, stating the facts with them. I would talk to them about um, the facts and then, um, and if they don't know, I'd say, I, I want you to know about a school shooting that happened today. And I want to get, I want you as parents and listeners to get in front of it. Because if you have an anxious kid or a kid that's um, um, tends to worry, I want them to hear the message from mom or dad or your guardian or the person that you're living with. I, I want them to hear it from, um, from you guys. And then you can answer the questions and sort of gauge like how they're feeling. Yeah, that's a good point. I like the um, get in front of it um, of aspect it. of it. Um, we like to think that our kids are always going to come and talk to us about everything, but you know, it doesn't hurt to open the conversation, be proactive and, um, and really, you know, give them that opportunity to share where they're at and, and if they're afraid um, or scared. Well, and in that same, like in that same vein, Susan is like, is just, is to check in with them. And so, you know, maybe if they're coming home after school for a snack or for sports or whatnot is to have that, that short, that again, short conversation, not, not repetitive. And then before they go to bed or at, you know, a dinner, you could check in and say, how's everything, you know, how's everyone feeling about what happened? And then, um, I always tell parents watch behavior, you know, less about what they're saying. If you're noticing, um, you know, withdrawal or, you know, ex, you know, ex excess worry, you know, that's when I'd want you to, you know, call, call your school counselor or call, um, a therapist or whatnot. Um, but just, you know, read your kids cues is what I would say. Yeah. Very good point. And, you know, it brings to mind another aspect of this all for me because I know, and I, I you know, I've posted about it and I, I, if anyone talks to me for five minutes about this topic, I get absolutely enraged over this um, on behalf of our children, on behalf of the world we live in today. This should not be an issue. And I'm not going to go into that now. That is not what this episode is about. But um, I do try to limit my my outrage and my discussion of that when I'm talking even with my adult children or my niece and my nephew. I don't know that my outrage and my fury about this and my feeling that there needs to be something done is helpful for them to hear. What, what are yeah. your thoughts on that? I mean, that's a really, um, I mean, that's a good question and that's a legitimate thought. And I think when you're talking to an adult, you know, somebody over the age of 21 or 23 or four, when our brain yeah. is not, not almost going to you know, say, I don't know that they're 26. actually adults. <laughs> yeah, no, it's 26. I think when the brain is um, finally done growing, but you know, talking to somebody in their mid twenties, you can be as authentic as you just were with, with us. Um, overly sharing our intense emotions with younger kids is not recommended. And that is not recommended because our younger kids think that we're not going to be okay. And like I mentioned a few minutes ago is that it's important that we tell them that they are going to be okay. And so we have control over that message. 
um, moving to the kid who, you know, the kids between, you know, 11 or 10 and, and 18. Now it's okay to say, I'm really sad and, and upset and, and just, I don't even know where, why people would do this. And so you can say that, but again, you don't want to go into this like litany of why life is so bad sometimes and people do horrible things. I would say, save that time for maybe your partner or your spouse or a neighbor, or you call a good friend. Um, but again, and then my last thing is it's okay to show vulnerability to our kids. This is an opportunity um, to show them that I can feel really sad and mad about something and that we will be okay, that we can, that we can manage hard things and go through hard things. Well, and that goes to that message of we are always modeling for our kids, right? We are always, um, I think it's Michelle Dempsey who said, you know, every day she wakes up and thinks, you know, the person I am today is the person I want my daughter to grow up and be. That's who I want to put out in the world today. And so I think that's a, a wonderful note for everyone to always be remembering. This is, you know, this is one more difficult horrible thing that has happened in a a time in our lives where it feels like those things are happening perhaps with more frequency you know covid has really you know been an ongoing existential trauma as our friend mm-hmm. dr elizabeth says you know yeah. it's just the constant difficulty um we've had so much going on uh, but this is something that very distinctly affects our children very directly even if it's not their school. The fact that schools aren't the safe places all the time that, that children think that they are um, means that it, it really can undermine their sense of stability and safety. And so to be able to bring some of that back, I do think it's imperative that parents be able to talk with their kids appropriately based upon these guidelines. Yeah. The other piece I think just to acknowledge, I mean, is that our children are taught about um lockdowns from in the first six days of school okay so the the, for you and for you to say 222 days of 365 days i mean that is in in like a remarkable statistic and that means even like my my third grader and even our preschoolers and four four and five years old they know that you put the desk in front of the door i told my daughters i was doing the podcast with you today and they said oh yeah this is what we have to do and my third grader said oh yeah, that's why we put the lights down and the door and the thing and we be quiet and we hide in the closet. So my point is, this is a part of these kids' lives and it's not going to go away. No. And that's that's something, you know, I didn't even realize, I'm so glad you brought this up because I did not realize these, um, the, the active shooter drills that kids are doing in schools now, right? I grew up in Michigan um, as well. And the drills we did were tornado drills, hide tornado under your drills. desk, right. you know, and then growing up in California before that, it was earthquake drills, but not active shooter drills. But they talk about this quite a bit with the Oxford shooting that just happened. The kids went into drill mode. They went into okay. shove the desk. They went into, um, you know, not something about knocking on the doors. I know that's all over TikTok as well about the shooter went and knocked on doors and, and all that. But that is also something that should we be talking to our kids, not even just when there's been a shooting, but if, about the fact that in their schools, they are having this type of training? 100%. So at the school, I was at a school for, um, you know, almost 15 years and then five years before then. And, and, and I mean, four times a year, there's 
those preps. So, and I can tell you, even the high school kids I would work with, it would trigger some of the people, some of the students, because we knew they had propensity to anxiety and worry. We would have to tell them before it was going to happen, because again, it can elicit a response that is very similar to what we would fear, our worst nightmare. So, to answer your question, it's an absolute. It's just part of their. It's part of the landscape now. So we should say, we know that the. There are going to be a couple of drills this year. This is what they're going to say. We do this because if bad people hurt people, we have to be prepared. I mean, like I said, these kids know to go into the closet, put the desk in front of the drawer, be quiet and call 911. I mean, they know. So it's very different than the way you and I grew up. And quite frankly, who knows if we don't do tornado drills here in Chicago. And um, the those those drills are like really super important. Yeah. Well, they said, I, I read in the paper, over a hundred calls came in in just a, uh, like 90 right. seconds in Oxford. And it's the, it was the kids calling 911 um, because that was a part of their active shooter drill. So it, on the flip side of all of this, it, mm. it, there's nothing to take away from the fact that four lives were lost in just that one incident. Nine people were injured, but more people could have been except the police got there and had the shooter in custody in something like less than five minutes. And, you know, that's, you know, to the extent that I guess we can say something worked, at least the, the drills um, had, had that work, but I hope someday there's a world that we're all going to find ourselves in where this is not an issue. Um, But we are not in that place. And so I, I so appreciate Jenny, you're coming on and sharing these thoughts and and just just the the insights because I think that for parents we all we want is to keep our kids safe and have them be in a world that uh, doesn't have scary fearful frightening things and unfortunately we can't control that so to have some insights from you to about how to talk to them and how to model for them I think is is going to help people so I we can only do you know a, a brief overview. If people wanted more information or they want to talk to you, what's the best way to get in touch with you? Um, well, first of all, thank you for having me on there um, on your um, mini podcast this morning. And um, it's really an important topic to address and know what to say. Um, and my website is um, a great way to connect with me. And that's www.createchangeconsultants.com. And I'm happy to help any of your listeners. And thank you again for having me. No, Jenny, thank you. And one thing I want everyone to know is Jenny also has a wonderful Instagram feed. Uh, It's Create Change Consultants there as well. Um, I follow her. She has great tips during the day, the days. Um, There was a good one today with um, five different um, topics that um, I'll repost it in the in the show notes for today. But again, Jenny, Jenny's going to come back and we're going to do a full episode on another um, helpful topic. But we really wanted this information out there for you all as quickly as possible under the circumstances so thank you very much um, if you want to get in touch with jenny reach out to her create thank you thank you thank you susan